Welcome. Yes, I've said this many times in the last year, but we are back. Number 169 of the mm-hmm. Sports Podcast. Anthony and Tim here, Radio MVP. It was a terrible year in 2022 because I just couldn't make any time for anything. And my partner had the exact same plan in Anthony. So we're going to make a pledge here in 2023 baseball season mm-hmm. to be around, to try to do this on a weekly basis. A uh, lot of ways to record. We're going to find even 15 minutes if we have to. But uh, it has been a crazy 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 last uh 12 months needless to say so with that in mind march madness is in the final four mm-hmm. baseball is three days away or two and a half days two and a half away. yeah uh you will be there well yes. not not in not in seattle, not no. in seattle nope. but i'll be there next friday. Friday. next friday yeah yeah so uh it's gonna be exciting anthony how you doing my friend extremely busy uh you know it's I was sitting today at work at lunch, and I'm thinking, man, I've already been back from Arizona for a month. You know, and that trip just flew by. That's right. You went to spring training. Yeah, I went to spring training, and I tell you what, that was cold. Yeah, it was rainy. It was 40s. It was it was uh, non- April and Cleveland weather. Yeah, like, I was going to say non Arizona. No, but uh, some guys like, oh, you know, and, and I said, if we had this kind of weather in uh, second week of October, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're playing in the playoffs, so that's... Yeah, exactly. So the baseball season's upon us, just about. The Guardians are just about where we expect them to be, have a pitcher injury, and Tristan Tristan is down with his injury, but it looks like it's hopefully not a serious injury. They're saying two weeks of non-throwing. I imagine he's going to miss the first close to the month of the season. Could be a little sooner, but I'm thinking if he really has to shut down for two weeks, that's this week we're in right mm-hmm. now, the first week of the baseball mm-hmm. season. And then you got to start a throwing routine. And it's probably going to take about, you know, I imagine at least seven days, if not a little longer to get him ready. And I don't think there's a need to rush. Early no, I think season. they said the. Uh, you know, at most eight weeks of everything. Right. And, you know, the good news, Tim, if there is a silver lining, you always, always want to find silver linings. A, it's March. Right. So we won't miss the crucial months of the season, as you should say. August is, you and I have, oh, you know, yeah. August, September are the months you got to make your move. But um, he is stretched out, so he won't need to go back to Arizona to, get stretched out and you know by the time he gets back Columbus and Akron will be playing games so he can go into rehab time pretty quickly here and uh it stinks because Tristan was kind of getting in that groove he threw six pitches six strikes and mowed him down three outs and uh it's a blessing he didn't tear something or do more serious damage um you know you've seen a lot of injuries the last couple of weeks with the World Baseball Classic and, and you know just it's Wainwright's down a couple months, and obviously we all know about Edwin Diaz. He's out the whole year, and um, Reese Hoskins out the whole year. So you never want an injury, but you'd rather have it now than later. And let's see what Hunter Gaddis can do. You know, last year came up, and 
didn't look too great, although his first two starts were Houston and the Yankees, and good luck against that those two lineups. But uh, I'd say it was to him in the spring. He looked really good, and it could just be where he finally learned how to pitch and trust his stuff at the major league level. Um, and uh, obviously one of the better franchises in developing and bringing pitchers along. So he'll get the first crack. I would imagine he, other guys will get a crack, but you'd like to do that when guys have injuries. Give, you know, I'm sure we'll see Xavier Curry get a start. I'm sure we'll see Connor Pilkington get a start. Um, they got options. Yeah, yeah it depends no how many, you know, and hopefully Cody Morris comes back soon um, to where he can assume that role until McKenzie gets back. But, you know, um, we have a bullpen that we can, we're going to rely on a little bit. And uh, thankfully, we should be able to score a little more runs this year than three and a half, two. So. It's going to be interesting. Now with the official 26-man being part mm-hmm. of the roster all season long and then having doubleheader extra 27th man yep, should make a huge difference in your lineup and your pitching staff yes. because you can manipulate it well. I know there's limits, but in the same vein, um, early in the season, obviously, you got days off. So the first two maybe three weeks of this season, you're really not going to miss the start. You'll miss the player. Yes. But not necessarily the place in the rotation. No, his first couple starts, he's probably only going to go five because that's what Tito likes to do. Well, you yeah. know, don't. well, again, it's just a matter of, like you said, stretching out mm-hmm. a player. I mean, it's going to take time. I mean, it's yeah. disappointing, but this is reality. You're going to face injuries all season long. Uh, this team... Should be interesting to watch. Obviously, I think there's high expectations, and why shouldn't there be? Mm-hmm. Uh, they exceeded all expectations last year, and there's you know now they're the hunted. Yeah, so exactly. we're going to see exactly, exactly how they respond to that scenario, and it'll be interesting to see. Now, uh, like today's game, I had it on for a little bit against the D backs and. Cal Quantrill is, uh, unfortunately, how can I say this? He reminds me, he's a slow starter. Oh, yeah. He, he Traditionally, he was slow last year and mm-hmm. the year before. Yep. Uh, and he's he a second-half pitcher, yeah. He looks, he looks like a pitcher right now that just doesn't have his stuff yet. His now, last... we know he potentially has Can get there, yes. there. But early in the season and down a McKenzie, not a red flag, a concern. I th- you know, and that's kind of like Plezak. Plezak had a slow spring training. He got a little bit better at spring training. He got better the last two or three starts, especially yeah. his last start. He looked pretty good. It's Cal early. looked good last week, you know, and and spring training you're going to go ebbs and flows. You know, Emmanuel Class A, I think, has an area of six and a half. Is he going to have an area of six and a half this year? No. No. Um, you know, guys are working on some things. Uh, I know Class A didn't pitch the first week when I was down there. And the second week, he came out and said, he said, I'm working on my slider. He said, I have to hone in my slider. He said, I have a good cutter. I have a good fastball. But I have to develop that next pitch to be an even better pitcher. So when you're only throwing a slider, guys in major leagues are going to catch on. 
So well, and again, like you just said, spring training is for certain things to, to do certain out, yeah. things mm-hmm. well, certain, to yeah. to try to get a grip, to try to get your your flow and, mm-hmm. and to develop your pitches. I mean, they all do that. And, and we're also dealing with new rules implementations this year, the pitch clock and getting that. Yeah. And I thought our guys have done a really good job, Tim. You know, Karen Shack, the one we worried about maybe, and he's he's been pretty but dang you good. Know what? Yes, it is certain mm-hmm. a concern. But Karen Shack came up through the system where with a pitch yep. clock. Exactly. With Basically the same rules that are put in now. Mm-hmm. So he should be fine. He just needs to make the adjustment to, again, like he did when he was at double A AA and triple A, mm-hmm. uh, and, and handle this. Let's talk about the rule changes, the three major yes. rule changes. Um, yeah, that was... The pitch clock affects both the pitcher and, and the, the hitter, batter, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly... I don't have a problem with it. I know I, I keep hearing the argument that's not baseball. Baseball is played without a clock. And I say this is not a clock to end a game. This is a clock to promote action in a game. And there's a big difference. I mean, you look at the NBA, who was the very first sports League, league to mm-hmm. put in any type of an action clock. Mm-hmm. This shot clock was developed in the 50s or 60s, mm-hmm. maybe even earlier than that. I have to double check my 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 history, but it's been around a very long time. And obviously they said the same thing in college basketball back in the 80s is, when yeah. I was young when they implemented the shot clock, and they used to turn it off with four minutes to go. Yep. And mm-hmm. It used to be 45 seconds. I mean, it then was really. 40, then 30, yeah, and yeah. Then now it's down to what it 30, is. Yeah. It's the entire game. It's going to be an adjustment. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a good thing. Uh, you look at baseball up until about 1980, players didn't leave the batter's box as much as they do today. Mm-hmm. Pitchers didn't leave the mound as much mm-hmm. as they did. And there was a flow to the game. Is 15 seconds quick? Yes. Is it doable? Yes. And are they seeing results? Spring training games are down almost a half hour. Tim, I tell you what. I would term you and I as baseball purists and traditionalists. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, And I was skeptical going in of... Because I didn't go to a minor league game last year, so I didn't, right. you know, I didn't didn't get to experience the the new role changes and uh, pitch clocks and all that. So the first time I had was spring training, and I was skeptical going in, as I said, and you really don't notice a difference. I, I mean, it just this is not like you know, hey, we're playing 120 minutes and whoever's right. winning 120 minutes wins the game. No, it's to keep the pace of play going, to keep the flow going, um, I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. I'm all for it. Because to me, Tim, there's no reason for a batter or, or a pitcher to stand around, walk around the batter's box. Like, we went to a game, and it was 12-6, 12-7, and it was 2 hours and 15 minutes. Right. Here's the difference in today's game versus... 
like the 1970s and 80s when I was young. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have characters that did certain things that extended their time at the plate mm-hmm. or at the mound? The answer is yes, but you had very few. Ooh, yes. They were probably under 2% of the entire population mm-hmm. of baseball players, including offense, meaning the batter yes. and, and the pitcher, that had antics that mm-hmm. took a little longer. Mark the Frederick Bird talking to the ball and that mm-hmm. probably was over 15 seconds. But, you know, I don't know that for a fact. I would have to go back and do the research, but chances are he was. Uh, Robowski, the mad Hungarian, mm-hmm. used to go behind the mound, rub up the yep. ball and all that and mm-hmm. slam it into his glove and then go on the mound. But once he was on the mound, he went. Yeah, he went. It was kind of a. A routine he had. It was fun. It was personable. Mike Hargrove's routine was designed yep. to get him comfortable at the plate. Mm-hmm. It became a kind of a a folk hero. Yes. Uh, when he was with the Texas Rangers, was came up and developed that. When he came to Cleveland years later and he, he spent his time in Cleveland, it just grew. Because mm-hmm. you, you're in the major leagues for 12, 14 years like he was. You're... Do something uniquely different, and it's recognized on national mm-hmm. TV anytime you're on. Uh, it's going to be seen. So, what has happened with time? The time I'm talking about, like the Hargroves, mm-hmm. the Robowskis, and all these others who were around um, back in the day. When I say back in the day, when I'm young, is as the game has developed, as the pitchers have thrown harder and the breaking balls are bigger mm-hmm. and all that, still the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a round ball with a round bat yep. and the ball's moving. Mm-hmm. And moving not just left to right, but down. Inside out, up, right. down, yeah. Yes. It's just, it's Some a, of the movement these guys have in their pitches is filthy. It, just, so when a player back realized that, you know, I'll use Albert Bell as an example in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He used to step out, take a couple swings, yep. think about his pitch, roll his bat a little bit, get back into the batter's box, mm-hmm. and he was ready to go. But that was his routine. It wasn't a long routine, but still you, routine. you knew yeah, he was going to step out of the batter's box, take a couple little mm-hmm. swings, think about what's coming up, how he's going to approach it, get back into the box, get into his stance. I mean, he had a little routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't the only one. Many players developed that over from the 90s through today. And that routine then was stepping out. And, and then pitchers did the exact same thing. They would take forever on the mound. There were some pitchers that took 40, 50 seconds mm-hmm. between pitches, if not longer. And that's not even throwing the ball over to first base. We'll get into that in a second. That's probably the one rule I, I, I have yeah, that's what I, I think it's ridiculous. With. I think it's over officiating. That's the one rule that I disagree with, Tim. Yeah. Because to me, it, I like the idea of making the bases a little bit bigger. I think three inches is too big. You know, going from 15 to 18. I understand why, because of player safety, and you want more movement, more stolen bases in the game. So if you want more stolen bases, then you can't limit a guy's step-offs and throw-overs. You know, like, you you got to give him a fair shot here. 
I think two's too little. I do too. Uh, and that's two per inning, or is that two, two per, per runner? At bat, I think. I think two per runner, correct? If the runner's at first base, you're going to throw out twice. Throw over there twice. And, and once you do that, he's done. A throw over. That runner is still at first. Now, a if throw, but yeah. if you step, if you disengage, that counts as one also. Yeah. So I you're think really over officiating personally. I think that's a little too much. I agree with that. I think there's some strategy to throw over to mm-hmm. keep a runner close. Um, I'm not a, and as you mentioned, the the larger bags. Part of me is the traditionalist here. Mm-hmm. Baseball always had the same size bag for basically the last 150 years. Uh, is this really going to that make that big of a difference? I don't know. We'll don't, see. We'll, we, I mean, we won't know until we're truly into the season. I'm not sure it's going to make a gigantic difference. I think it might make a small difference. Yeah. Um, I like. I look at it this way: someone like Rosier, Rosario mm-hmm. should take full advantage of that. Absolutely, because here we let baseball in in infield hits. hits last year. Yeah, so. Would it be outrageous to say he gets 15 to 20 more infield absolutely hits this not. year? Absolutely not. I don't think it is. No. Uh, this, and I'll be interested to see someone like a Rosario who mm-hmm. who hustles out of every, every uh, single Ramirez play. Ramirez is the same way. Could this necessarily give them 10 to 15 advantage. extra hits a year? Yeah. It could happen. It's going to help Naylor, too, the shift, not, you know, the guy that pulls yeah, the, the ball a lot. You know, again... A little over officiating, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. The- I think what you could have done. Here's. Let me say this. Let me put this out there. I think we even discussed this before, but if you, for example, gave the shift an opportunity to be used, let's say four times a game. Okay. That would give the manager t- once. Strategy: How soon does he want to exactly. use it? Exactly. Against who he wants to use it against? Almost like the mound visits. Yes. You only have so many. Right. Yes. I think that would have been a much better scenario than a complete ban. Because here's my thought too, Tim. I don't have a problem with, in a sense, if you have, you know, a absolute 100% pull hitter, mm-hmm. that you make him recognize that. All right, fine. If you can't go the other way, exactly. we're going to exactly. take advantage of your tendencies exactly. to make an out. And exactly. that goes across baseball. I mean, every team has that mm-hmm. player. Well, most teams have that player, if not all teams every have team, that player. Yeah. So I would have rather have seen a limit it, put on. Yeah, a limit. saying, And if the guy strikes out, the guy strikes out. That's You still used it. Once you, you still, put the yeah. guy over on that at bat, that is the one. One if pitch he moves, has to be thrown. If he moves out of position and moves back, that's two. That's yes. I guess the exactly. same at bat. Exactly. You know, that's the way I look at it. You you know, I would have My- rather seen that, like you said, the mound visits. So I look at the rule changes and I think, you know And that's one thing they gotta fix too. Mound visits need to go down to four. Well But that's it not really matter. I mean right now I I think it's fine. Yeah, I I don't think the, Quite honestly, when you look at the, what that implement a few years back, does it has it really changed uh, the game at all? No, I'm not really. sure any team has exceeded. All it's done is 
really made managers and pitching staff, coaching staffs, understand that they just can't go out every inning. Yeah. And that's needed to be done, which I don't have a problem with. The thing to me... I think limiting the catcher going out to talk to his pitcher yes. is somewhat over-officiating again, but again, it doesn't need to happen as much as it used mm-hmm. to happen. Uh, so I, I don't have a problem with the number it's at right now. It's, it's I fine. think the whole, you know, back to the shift thing. If you're a major league hitter and you can't go the opposite way, that's not my fault as a pitcher. Right. You know, that's not that's my fault correct. as a pitcher. That's me pitching to your tendencies and trying to get you out. Exactly. That's part of the game. That's just trying exactly to the right. Game. Now, again. And I get it. And it's a lot easier said than done to hit the ball to that side against the well, pitch that's going. To do, but still, you're a major league hitter. Yeah, a lot has to do with also how baseball has changed in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go back. Ten years ago, where we heard about the launch angle mm-hmm. and how it became one way to defeat this, yeah. the 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 shift was to hit it over overhead, their heads, yes. and that meant over the out of the park. And if they change their launch angle, mm-hmm. they have a better shot at that. And this is how baseball has been a cat and mouse game, always making changes, always making adjustments. Analytics did play a big part of that, and there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. studying information and making decisions and helping uh, strategy. And that's what it is. It's information, it's strategy, and it's and it's good. Now, the way they categorize certain stats, that's all uniquely mm-hmm. in- individualized and uh, analytical thought process, which I have no problem. Again, uh, you could talk about. Uh, the win rate of a player. You could talk about, you know, uh, the run rate of a player mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's so many different, you know, plus and minuses that they talk about. I, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but needless to say, all that is categorizing something, understanding mm-hmm. the information and what a player is giving you. And those are, those are important things. So I, again, uh, I'm disappointed that they brought the ghost runner back, but it's here to stay now. It's just it's part of baseball. You know what, Tim? It, I, I don't have a huge problem with it as much as I just I personally believe it's just not necessary. I'm okay with it. I'd rather see the first two or three innings be normal and then add it. Here's my thing. I'm okay with it in the regular season. I am. Right. I, I think like you said, though, let him play 10 under normal rules. And then if you want to go to the 11th and say, all right, now we're going to put a ghost runner on second, fine. Um, playoffs, I don't want any part of the right. ghost runner. I don't think and I don't want to hear anybody complaining, well, this game went 18 innings and that game went 15 innings. Tim, I'll tell you what. Yeah. As heart-stopping as that Game two was last year against Tampa Bay. That was two teams that are really well pitched. I mean, Tampa Bay made a lot of key pitches. We made a lot of key pitches. They made a couple great plays. 
Jose and Nair made a couple great plays. It wasn't, you know, guys swinging and missing and everything. The ball was being put in play. It was just guys making really good plays and guys pitching out of trouble. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's October baseball. I mean, that's what you got. So, but I think like you said, though, I think let them play 10 innings under normal baseball rules. 10 is fine. And then let them, and maybe even 11, Tim. Right. And once you get to twelve, it's like okay, guys. You now know, we got to now we got now we got to find a way to hopefully speed up the process. Yes, and like it just changes the game so dramatically, and because it really does. And it has been pointed out many times that if you're the visiting team, you really have to score two runs exactly to win the game. Have to. Uh, it doesn't hundred percent of the time, but it improves your ability to win that game. And it's just, a, it reminds me of the NFL's overtime rule, which is just absolutely one of the worst rules in football, where if you get the opening kickoff on overtime and go down and score, the game's over. Mm-hmm. Meaning a touchdown. It's just, it makes no sense. I mean, now the only pure sport with an overtime that is not gimmicky is basketball. Yeah. It's always been a five-minute overtime. Five minutes, let's play. Yeah. yeah. And college is four minutes, and high school is four minutes, whatever it may be. I know college might be five, but uh, needless to say, uh, it's that has never changed, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. I think it's, you know, uh, it, in the end, watch basketball someday go to the crazy thing of uh, first basket The Elam ending. Yeah, or- the first ba- after the third overtime, the first basket wins. You know, something stupid. You know, uh, WBL stuff. If you yeah. remember the, the World Basketball League mm-hmm. used to have that type of overtime. First first person to score, first team to score. I one. don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that either. Uh, but, again, they're not horrible. They are different for baseball. I'm not a big fan of, of uh, the bigger bases. I don't have a problem with it. I would have gone. I, I want to see how the season goes. Let me let me rephrase that. I never liked the idea of changing that much of the game, meaning the 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 strategy of the game. That what it's always been: ninety feet, six, well, sixty point six. You know, they the want, whole thing. They want more stolen bases, and I think that's the you know, I get player safety, and they want more stolen bases and all that. But on the flip side, Tim. You got a guy at first. That back is three inches bigger now to attack it. That double play is easier to turn now. Right. You know. Well, here's so. That, I mean, I think that's kind of over managing and over micromanaging too much, right I there. I think the running game is obviously something they wanted to improve. Improve, yes. I mean, but I'm not sure it's going to change the game. It's that not. Dramatically. It's not because a team like the White Sox or a team like the Twins that are telling Byron Buxton and last year told Carlos Correa, don't run, don't run, don't run. Those guys, like, you're going to see a Joey Gallo stealing bases this year. No, you're not. There are some guys that no matter, pretend the base could be 30 inches big. They're not going to steal. I know what you're saying. You know? I, I understand what but, you're saying. I think the biggest difference will be on ground balls. Yes. For those who, who hustle down the, the line, Either especially from Straw, Rosario, Jose. Especially the left-handed back. Quan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Quan should take huge advantage of that being left. Just slap it down the left field line. Yeah. Well, well, just, yeah. Needless to say, bunts, all that. 
that's where the game should change, uh, in my opinion, is with a bigger first base. Because so many bang-bang plays are, and that three inches is going to make a huge difference. Huge. If you can hit the front part of that bag, oh, my goodness, you're you're really changing, you know, the the need of a shortstop or a third baseman to make a perfect throw. And it's going to be interesting. Like I said, we'll see how it all works out. I don't think I, – I honestly believe if they went back, which I don't think will ever happen, no. um, at least not anytime soon. Did they have bigger bases last year in the minors? They've had bigger bases, in, uh, okay. I think, in uh, the independent leagues. Okay, so this has that. been – yeah. I'm not I just sure they had it at the, at the, at the at double and triple A level. They may have had it at the Mahoning Valley level. I don't know. I just think 18 inches is too big. Well, you know, I seeing understand. Seeing it up front, and, you yeah, know. I, I, think it's, I think it was over. Over zealous. Yeah, again, I think it was. I, they wanted to make a big impression that they're making all these changes. and Overall, the rule changes are what they are. I, I mean, we've talked about it a million times. I'm not a fan of the Ghost Runner. It's here to stay. It's part of baseball. I can't imagine when it'll ever go away. I love the DH in the National League. I do too. I always have. I'm glad it's there. I can live with the D- with the Ghost Runner and extra innings. Like you said, playoffs, totally different story, which right now is not part yeah, of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and let's just like the NFL. Their playoff yes. is, is a little different, you know. It's here's I don't want to get into NFL's discussion and all that, but baseball still comes almost. I mean, it just changes the game completely with that extra runner mm-hmm. that is designated to be at second base. It just changes the game. It's not played that way for nine innings, and all of a sudden here it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Now I understand exactly. the theory of overtime is to find a winner, and that's what we're basically doing with extra innings now is trying to induce a winner. And th- this is where last year Cleveland was very successful. Yeah, they were very good in those extra inning games. And, and that's really going to be key for all teams that win their divisions. If they do have a 10, 15 games that go, if they get 16 games mm-hmm. that go into extra innings, that's one tenth of the season. Mm-hmm. If you win 12 of those 16, that's huge. You win 10. You're doing pretty good. You're still above 500. But let's say you lose 12. I can torpedo your season right, right there. See, you're almost destined in the future. I'm not saying it's ever going to happen. To even out that 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 wave of up and down mm-hmm. cycle is to go to a point system where three points for every win, mm-hmm. one point to each team that go to extra yep. inning. An extra point goes to the, the winner. winner of the extra inning game. I'm not saying I'm for a point system. Um, I'm just saying I can see a reason for that because of what you're doing now with overtime, with extra innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Hockey has that. Soccer has that. Um, there's many sports have you've gone to a point system. And I'm not saying it's still standings. It's still about winning. You're just sharing a draw, mm-hmm. a regular um, 
nine-inning game and, and giving credit to both teams and then extra credit to the winning team. Baseball's never been that way. I don't think it ever would be. I think you can make a stronger case now because of the ghost runner yes. four-point system than you ever could before. And that's just, you know, again, one of those major changes. Won't, I don't think it will happen in my lifetime, but I won't be surprised if it becomes a point of contention going forward for years in discussion and may actually become part of baseball in the future. I don't expect it to, but I won't be totally surprised if it ever happened. Yeah, I don't. I hope we don't go down that road. That road, I don't. I think the the road is open because of the rule changes that they've made. Oh yeah, I and uh, there was you know, never a need for that prior, but under the circumstances, and now when you get into it, Anthony, with the expanded playoffs, mm-hmm. well, you know, well, like I said, I'll go back to back in my day, there was only divisional winners that made the playoffs. Now you got so you only had three wild teams. cards. You only had four teams that made the playoffs when I was young. You had to win your division to make the playoffs. Simple as that. And now you have three wild cards. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm in four divisions, right? Yeah. East, three, Central. Three divisions. Three wild. Three divisions. Cards. Three wild cards. Yeah. yeah three divisions. Three wild cards. Excuse me. So yeah, twelve teams, and and the next expansion will be sixteen. It will happen. And when you get that many numbers, a point system actually makes more sense. If it expands in the future. It probably will. May not happen the next bargaining scenario. I think 16 is too much. I can see it happening. Oh, I can too. And it will probably happen. Because let's face it. I think 14 is guaranteed. In the United States, in the sports system in North America... Sports are king on television. It mm-hmm. brings in the highest ratings. Playoffs bring in the highest ratings. Mm-hmm. More teams involved, the higher money, money you yep. generate for not just the networks that cover it, but for the leagues that produce it. So why do you think baseball wanted to expand the playoffs? Because of and the revenue that it generates. They 14 in the COVID year, didn't they not? Yeah, I believe so. I did it, yeah. Right. And, and I knew what that was a perfect. It's the same thing that happened in the strike in 81 mm-hmm. when they expanded the playoffs there year when they did the the uh, split season. Uh, that scenario was pretty much washed away after the one season. Mm-hmm. But it's part of baseball history in that. And it showed that an expansion of the playoffs had value. Mm-hmm. And that's when the wild card came in. And when it was four teams that make the playoffs, you were one wild card yep. game in the three divisions. And then you had the Bud Silic playoff wild card game. Mm-hmm. And now you have the expansion to three wild card games and the three game opening. Uh, Which series. I like that. Yeah. Well, again, these are all rule changes designed because of the way North America and sports in the world work. And I understand that. I'm not, you know. You're never going to see the day of the pre-1969 baseball where mm-hmm. it was one league. You had two leagues, National League, American League, yep. one standing, one table. Yep. Winner gets to the playoffs. Winner got to the yep. World Series. Those days are long gone. 
The days of the two divisionals are long gone. The days now of teams that will be right around 500 making the playoffs in baseball is going to be routine. Yep. And that's just the way it works. It is where we're at in sports. It's not. It's just where we are in 2023 versus 1977. Simple as that. I'm just throwing out a number out there. And you can pick 1967. You can pick 1957. You know, you could pick a lot of different numbers, whatever you want to mm-hmm. choose to compare it to. The difference is what we were talking about earlier is what they're trying to do in baseball is bring a pace to the game that was once there and prior to television being such a influence on the game. Yeah, I went down to Arizona with the mindset of, oh, I'm not sure about this pitch clock. I said, what? I like it. I like it too, be honest with you. I'm, I do. I'm happy with it. And selfishly for me, someone who's got an hour drive home after the game, you know, those 7 10 games are over at 9 30. You're home by 11 instead of 12 12 30 now. Yeah. You know, so selfishly, um, well, speaking just think, of the six ten games, you'll be home by ten thirty. I think, <laughs> I think, and I'm of the belief, Monday through Thursday should be six thirty. Period. Every game, no matter what time of year it is, six thirty. These seven and four and twelve and eleven and six and I mean, yeah. you know, but um, well, you know, here's the interesting thing, and I'll just talk about my experiences. When I, again, grew up in the game, 7.30 starts were norm. Mm-hmm. 7 o'clock, they pushed it up a half hour to 7 o'clock for television when regional sports became yep. a big thing. And sure enough, now we're seeing 6 o'clock, you know, for a myriad mer- of reasons behind it. I'm not a big 6 o'clock fan simply I'm because... Not if you're not immediately around the the, the ballpark, ballpark yeah. it's tough to get to. Especially if you work till five. You work till five in Youngstown. Yeah, you're not. You're make, not yeah. going to make first pitch. It's just not going to happen. Seven o'clock, you can. Mm-hmm. It's tight, but you can do it. Yeah, and it's not as tight. Meaning you can get the Cleveland and parked w- within ninety minutes, and you're still walking yep. to the stadium, and it's no big deal. So. It's just the way life has changed. I agree with you there. More consistency on start times is good for baseball. Yes. Whatever that time is, I think is best for baseball in general. And we'll see. You know, uh, I've been on my soapbox many times about the 6 o'clock games. No need to get back on that soapbox. It's here to stay. I do like, speaking of off-the-field changes... Did you see the new um, – and I've been a big critic of the Indians ticketing and marketing of of all that because, like we've talked about, it's almost impossible to take a family of four to a game now. Yes. It's almost impossible. Um, they've introduced a monthly pass. It goes on sale the last week of the previous month. Right. So April went on sale this past week. It's 49 bucks. It gets you to every home game that month. That's not a bad deal. It, April's already sold out. Yeah, I know. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, and it markets to the uh, younger generation. You can, you know, I think it's only right field, left field, standing room only. Right. That, that's perfect. 
You know that. It, well, you figure the the was the the beer district, whatever they call mm-hmm. it, that's standing room owning anyways. Yeah, nowadays. so that's what, yeah, and so I uh, like that. Yeah, um, we have not talked since the uh, franchise release the new renovation drawings and all that. Have you seen those yet? Have you? I see parts of it as they develop them over the winter. Uh, it's part of baseball. I mean, it's part of the it. evolution of the stadium. It's a smaller stadium than it's ever has been. This is, again, the the club seatings that were in yeah. the, um, they're just, the they're probably club, just no, not necessary Yeah, there's no, no need for a terrace club anymore. Well, it's a nice, right. a nice club. And at the time, it was the ballpark was built. That was probably the biggest thing is that you had to have real cash to be in there. Yeah. yeah and they, they probably, I hate to say it, outgrew. themselves out. Yeah. yeah. It just comes to a point where you're, when they were the biggest thing in town because the Browns weren't in town, no. that yeah, exactly. made them huge exactly. money uh, back in the Jacobs years. As time has expired and changed, it probably just became – more of a hindrance, a burdens, yeah, to them, a hindrance to them mm-hmm. making more money than it was before. So they make making changes, and that's that's fine. You can make changes. I mean, and I'm okay. that stadium will go through another elevation in, in twenty years. Something else will change. And I'm okay with. Look, are we going to get thirty thousand people, even twenty thousand people, on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night? It'd be nice, but yeah. It'd be nice, but probably not. Those are probably over. You know, unless you're in the middle of a pennant chase or a huge historic streak, we, right. we were Let's face a couple it. You years need back. a draw. The yeah. draw, what I mean by that, you need someone who is uniquely a draw. Like, for example, and I'm going to use the biggest draw in baseball, which is not fair Otani. Yes. That's a draw. He's if a stud. If he's in your, if he was. In on whatever major league team there is, any of the other twenty nine, mm-hmm. okay, he's a draw every night. Absolutely, either he's going to be on the mound or, or hitting a field. home yep. run or still in a base. Yeah, he's yeah. a stud, right? But and my you... point is, back is still today. Mm-hmm. People come out for draws. Yeah, Mark DeBerg Friedrich mm-hmm. when I was young was a draw. People came out to watch him pitch. Nolan Ryan. Uh, your pitching staff drew the numbers. Mm-hmm. Bob Feller used to have back in his day a contract about X amount of over fifty thousand that he would get as part of mm-hmm. the the gate. the gate. Yeah, you know, and this is the way the world works. Um, if you have, you know, a player who's having an amazing offensive season like Mark McGuire yep. used to have, and sells or Bobby yeah. Bonds, mm-hmm. it sells tickets. It just sells tickets, and that's just the way it works. You get a player approaching a milestone, it sells tickets. Because mm-hmm. uh, everybody wants to see history or say, I was there. Mm-hmm. On any given night, Major League Baseball, a pitcher could throw a no-hitter yep. or a perfect game. Mm-hmm. That's just pure luck when you're there. Yeah, it is. But when they're approaching a milestone of, 400 home runs or 500 home runs or 3,000 hits, hits yeah. or 250 wins or more mm-hmm. uh, or 300 strikeouts. That's a number people can relate to mm-hmm. and say, I want to be there for that. 
and that's just the way you know it always has worked for baseball. Baseball's always been a draw by selling the players, and that's one thing they could not do for the mm-hmm. last twenty five years. Only certain players were they were able to do that. I think that's what the emphasis now is trying to create, find the draws, mm-hmm. and hopefully find them in every market. If it's Jose Ramirez here in Cleveland, mm-hmm. if it's a pitcher, if it's, you know, and there's no pitcher really is a draw in Cleveland. People want to see Bieber because they but have he's a chance not, to win, but he's not the draw. No, he's not. There's not a pitcher that closes as a draw. Mm-mm. So your pitching staff is not the draw. But if you have Matt Searcher, he's a draw. You yeah, Verlander, he's a draw. Still. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just the way it works. If you have Otani out in California, he's a draw. Speaking of Otani, I had tickets to see Otani and the Angels May 13th here in Cleveland. Can't go anymore. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I have a family conflict came up, and I'm like, ah. Oh, well, you can sell those tickets and make some money. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The biggest draw in baseball is a Japanese player who pitches and hit home runs. And, and speaking and of. And he's going to. Break the bank at five hundred million dollars or more on his next contract next year. And speaking so. of draws, and I think you're you are the one I owe a big thank you to. Uh, I was scrolling through Facebook, and because I don't know why, but they never email me about it. But I'm scrolling through Facebook, and Tim Continenza pops up and says, "Oh, this sounds like fun." So I click on the link, and it's Why is United the Indians? And and I'm like. Wait, what? That's yeah, in May, right? Yes. May 4th or and something like that? I'm like, no, this can't be real. That's got to be a, you know, like a scam. But yeah, you can so buy I went a hat on and, and everything with the Penguin logo so along I went with on, the, the Guardians logo. So I went on, I'm like, oh, crap, it's May 5th. I'm supposed to be in Columbus May, May 5th. 5th. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was that right. I'm supposed to be in May. I'm supposed to be in Columbus that night. Um, that's my weekend to go down there. And I. Uh, Called her up, and I said, hey, how much do you love me? And she goes, what did you do now? And I said, I didn't do anything yet. And she goes, I said, how much do you love the Indians? She said, well, I love the Indians. And I said, so uh, you want to go to the game May 5th? And she goes, yeah, let's go. And I went on, and I'm like, wait, this is, every seat but five were sold out already. Is the game sold out? No, but the. YSU only got two sections. Oh, okay. And YSU's already sold their allotment of tickets, I think. Okay, so if you want to go to the yes. game, oh, you, just, you can still go right, to the game. It just won't be but in the I wanted to the Penguin on the side, yeah. yeah. So, well, They're giving that hat away, or they... I think you have to purchase, purchase in that yeah. section. Now, that's the question I have, because I'm going to have to call them, Tim, because it's separate from that night's giveaway. Oh, there's a separate... See, it's I didn't think I thought the hat was something you could purchase. Yes, it was. It was with the ticket purchase. You had to type in a code. So I went. I followed the link that you oh, okay. shared, and I um, typed the link that YSU had um, sent out, and I got two seats. You ready for this? First baseline Friday night. How much you think I'm paying? Forty dollars a ticket. Thirty-one. Okay. Which is really dang good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, mean, I was thinking around. Good, I was yeah. thinking thirty-five to forty. Yeah. So, so I was a little, a little high, but not too far off. That, that includes two hats, but I got to figure out how do I get my hat because it's not the game promotion that day. 
they must have uh, wh- so where I'm you not, have to enter. I'm from. not to check in or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they like give a you a voucher you take yep. it somewhere. That's I'm probably like, what yeah. it is. I imagine that's what it is. But I, I'm going to get my pizza penguin hat though. Yeah, I would that's love right. to get that. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about that. It's a unique hat. I was hoping to. F- be able i thought you could purchase it separately but maybe not i don't know no, i think out. you had to purchase tickets to right that night it's the uh twins and talents of the visual rivals so uh yeah, next and year. the marching bands performing so right that'll be that'll hey, be great i think we should uh give uh our our good friend john a call and find out more about it speaking of which real quick what and now you and I had talked about this five, six years ago when we f- we first met. Right. And I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm talking about. There are certain people that just take up space. Yes. And there are other people, and I'm not saying myself or you, but there are other people that would do a heck of a job. And for years, men's and women's basketball was a tough draw here. Because let's face it, it's football, 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 and then uh, basketball. Yeah. And maybe baseball and softball before that. Um, the job John Vargo did this year, absolutely incredible. Incredible yeah. the job that he did. Yeah. Night in and night out. It was a fun basketball season. It really, truly was. I mean, that place was sold out on a Thursday night. It reminded me a lot of 25 years ago. When uh, Dan Peters was here, and they made a run to this, at the time it was uh, not the summit, like midcon, midcon, yeah, um, finals mm-hmm. against Valpo, Vin- yeah. Valpo. That's the year Valpo made that run yes. where they had the miracle not shot. Yet, yeah, okay. Um, that was an exciting year twenty five years ago. That's the only problem. It's twenty five years yep. ago. We had a great run this year. Came up short, disappointing short. The, the dream continues. Everybody knows my dream. Um, we'll see what happens. I'll say this. Forward. It was a fun year. It was a heartbreaking loss in the NIT. Again, I'll say this. Youngstown State to compete at this level, meaning to be able to compete mm-hmm. for the Rising League Championships and to compete for a part of the NCAAs, as good as this team was, mm-hmm. was still two players short. Yep. Yep. And they needed a post player. Yep. Badly. Yeah. And they needed, needed somebody six, seven, else eight. who was a scorer off the bench. Yes. Yep. And, your bench, you had nobody off the bench, really. It's difficult to get depth at a mid major. So that's why you have to shoot your lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were a quality shooting team when they went cold. They got in the tired. two games, back to back, in the in the Horizon League Championship games and uh, tournament games mm-hmm. and the NIT, there was about a seven to ten minute spot where they couldn't buy a basket. Yeah, and the, that's what cost them both those games. The, and that's what I'm talking about is you need that one extra score. Mm-hmm. You need someone defensively to prevent the extra shots that they were giving up. They were routinely being outshot 12 to 15 shots yeah. per game. And I mean, anytime from, you do that, you're, you're the kid from Kentucky just, yeah, you just can't do, alive that. In the you can't do you that. You know, but it was a, it was a phenomenal year. 
It I'll really say this. was. I, I mean, it's not an A plus. It's not an A minus, but it's a solid B plus. The it's a solid B plus on this level alone. You won the regular season, mm-hmm. never done before, ever. Yeah. Even going back to the Ohio Valley Conference mm-hmm. days, they never won the conference that I can remember. No. No, it was, yeah. this was the so first, the first time, time as a Division One yes. team winning a conference title, regular season title. First time playing in the NIT, got a home game, had you know six thousand people basically there. You played your butts off too, and it was a great year, a solid B plus. The hard part is now building on that because you have graduation. Yep. You have to get back into the portal yeah, and make big time, you know, great Whole selections roster, yeah. to bring in, and hopefully they will come in. And you have to build up, and it's difficult as a mid major to repeat. Well, I think, and the, it's difficult to have three or four, or five seasons in a row. Oh, it's right almost, now. I'm just yeah. I'm just being honest. Yeah. It's difficult. It's it's a high level to get to. And even Butler's falling off too. When Butler was well, and Butler's you know, moved up, and yeah. Valpo's moved up, and they've not been as successful. Sometimes Chicago has right. Sometimes you got to look at it two ways. There is value in being a big fish in a, a small little, pond. Yes, exactly. Meaning Butler and them. Yes, I'm sure they're making. Uh, financially better off where oh, they're yeah. at. Okay, I'm not saying that, but they're not making the NCAs like nope. they did. And this look at, I mean, part of it is geography. Yep. Okay, meaning where where the school is mm-hmm. and what's around you, what availabilities you have. I mean, obviously, a Gonzaga never could leave that conference because that was their conference. And St. Mary's the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's the rivalry. And that's why they were able to choose to do what they have done over the years. Uh, But they really didn't have room to grow. No, they don't. The only place they could go was the Pac-10. It was never going to happen. No, because they want football, Now it might happen in the future with the Pac-10 falling apart. Pac-10 might need them now. Yeah, that's totally a different story. Uh, but my point is just that it, it was, it is what it is. And, but yeah, I think the Butlers, the Valpos mm-hmm. and, you know, other schools have gone through a growing pain when they move on. Mm-hmm. Look, the growing pain for Youngstown to leave the Midcon mm-hmm. to Horizon was a huge jump. Yeah. And it took them 25 years to, to basically become a player in basketball. They've had little bloops on the radar where they were all above 500. It was a steady four-year climb. They went like 16 wins, 18 wins, 19 wins to 23 wins or 24 wins this year. Whatever whatever it was. was. But again, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Here's a stat, and I'm against this decision. I understand why it was made. To move the Horizon Lake semifinals and championship game to a neutral site, money and you know, <laughs> that's and it's, exactly it. You got since the Horizon League tournament has changed their format and moved the semifinals and championship from the higher seeded team's home site to a neutral site. The one seed has won it once, and that's been oh, six or seven it's years. Much more difficult. Oh, a it's lot much more difficult. more difficult to win on a neutral court 
There it is at home. Mm -hmm. There is a huge advantage to play at home. Yeah. And always has been. And I'll say this. If YSU had that semifinal game at home, they'd probably win that game. I don't disagree with you. And if they had the championship game at home, they'd probably win that championship game. Yeah. yeah. And that's why they competed against Oklahoma State, because it was at home. That, I'll say this. For 34 minutes, yeah. they yeah. outplayed Oklahoma State yeah. severely. Yeah. And they just didn't have the size you mentioned down low. And I said coming into the game, I told my guys, I said, you make 10 threes, you've got a good chance to win the game. At the 931 mark, you had eight threes. You're going to make one the rest of the game. You make two more, you win and the that's game. That's what I was talking about, having another yeah. score coming yep, off the bench. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't have to be a three-point X. Uh, uh, no. No, just a guy that can shoot. I mean, if he hits a three, fantastic. Great. But more importantly, he has to be a scorer. A guy that can create. And, yeah, a guy who can get an open shot mm-hmm. or get to the line. And that's the key. I mean, basketball has certain things you have to do. Speaking of basketball, let me take this opportunity to, to congratulate the Union Scotties girls basketball team who went on to win the state title mm-hmm. last week. First title ever for that school, the state in any sport. So congratulations to the girls. Coach Nogay, he now can have a family reunion. Mm-hmm. And when he sees his nieces who won state titles the year before with Nishanik, mm-hmm. he can say, I, I, got, well, one. I got one too. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it was a, uh, an impressive week for them, and I wanted to give them congratulations. And same goes out to the Union boys team who went to the semifinals. And to uh, Newcastle, went to the state semifinals. Newcastle is a victim of their own success. Yeah. And I say this because they ended up playing Reading, Reading, who is four times as large as they are. And because of their success, they got moved up. Moved up, yeah. Which is unique because they don't have the same thing going the numbers, yeah. way. They don't have a regulation where if a school yeah, yeah, that falls down, down in the league. Or they, it's, they have a competitive rule for being too successful. But they don't have they one. They don't have one going the opposite so, way. And they don't have one for schools that get one-year wonders, meaning they mm-hmm. transfer in for yep. a year. And... Union boys ran into that. And Imani's a great team. Mm-hmm. Take nothing away from it. But one of their players used to play yeah. for Sharon Ca- uh, Sharon Catholic. Yep. Or, or Kennedy Catholic. Yep. Excuse me. In Sharon last year. And mm-hmm. now is in Pittsburgh. So understand the 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 depths of the AA. You want to talk about a competitive advantage, disadvantage, weird role? I'm sure many people's brackets were blown apart by Fairleigh Dickinson. Did you know they were not supposed to make the NCAA tournament this year? They didn't win their conference tournament. Oh, yeah? They finished second behind Mary Mack, who won the conference tournament. Mary Mack is ineligible ah. because they're in their fourth year of a four-year transitionary period moving from Division Two to Division One, And another rule by the NCAA that makes completely... No sense. If you're going to let them make the move, then let them make the I move. I can understand if it's a transitionary period, if you're going from Division One to Division Two. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because you're. But you should not be penalized. Being regulated, yeah. You should not be penalized for uh, moving up. I. But take no, that Billy Dickinson team. That team was good, and, and, and they took it to Purdue. They certainly did. They took it to Purdue. It was it was an interesting tournament. If you told me going into the tournament before it ended, before we're here at the final four, how many final four teams do you have left? A uh, zero. Zero. I have. I, I had three number ones getting there. So really, yeah. I have two left. Good. Congrats. I picked Miami and UConn because yeah. it, I something Miami inside had a chance to of me yeah. just said this feels like a UConn year. Yeah. And I was on Miami all year long. I just you got to have guards and experience to win in March. And yeah, I tell you what, I, though, I give him credit. If you told me going into the Sweet Sixteen that all four number ones would fall by then, mm-hmm. I would. I, said, I, I tell you what, though, but and it, I know it, the TV ratings won't be there probably, but Florida Atlantic and San Diego State is going to be a hell of a game. It should be fun. You know, that's it's, it's two teams that are generally not there that get their shot. But this is that's, that's what it's all about. This is what it's, it's exactly. what a tournament's about. Exactly. Having an opportunity. This is what I keep saying every year you're, and every You're going to have a mid-major in the national championship. I say this in every sport. Just get me in a tournament. Exactly. Just get exactly. me in a tournament. Exactly. Never because ever, because it, look. I said the same thing about Youngstown State basketball all the time. I mean, my goal Ultimate dream mm-hmm. is to celebrate making the NCAs. Whatever happens after that is pure gravy. Gravy, yeah, exactly. But you have to play in the way it works. You have to play in the Horizon League tournament. Mm-hmm. So you have to be seated high, and you, you have, have to, to have it. an opportunity. They've been through the they've been through the disappointment and the escalations of, the, of, of a season this year. We'll see how they react. And that Northern Kentucky team was beating number one Houston at halftime too. Northern Kentucky is a team that experience paid off for them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They've been they were built for March. They were exactly last year. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. they've had runs the last four years. Exactly, and they understood what it takes. Youngstown's the first opportunity. We'll see what happens going forward. I tell Uh, you what, that Darren Horn, Northern Kentucky, that's a hell of a coaching job he did. Well, that let me physical. let me do this before we we turn off the our mics here, and give a shout out to my friend Brian who uh, came through and gave us these wonderful wireless microphones that we're using here today. Um, oh my God, I was going to use this. I, I was thinking about giving it to uh, LC Sportsnet. I'm thinking I'm going to just lend it to them. I think I'm going to yeah get this. lending it. Yeah, this they, it'll be on permanent loan. Meaning, anytime they want it, they, they can, can have, have it. it. Yeah, and come football season, we're going to use the heck mm-hmm. out of it. And other opportunities, there's going to be plenty. Mm-hmm. But there's no question, this uh, wireless microphone system that I got here right now that we're testing out. Oh yeah, thank you, Brian. Yeah, it's absolutely flawless. Wow, this is uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So. Anthony, last thoughts here before we wrap it up. Yeah, I'm just really excited that baseball, meaningful baseball, baseball counts again in less than two days. All right, real quick. Let's just go on record. Give me your total wins. 83. Wow. I think the balance schedule is going to be a lot of fun. And it's about time it came in. 
I think the injury to McKenzie is going to hurt because the first two months of our season is loaded. You get Seattle seven games out of the first ten. Yeah. And then after that, you get the Yankees twice in May. So, um, it's a marathon. Yeah. So, uh, 83 right now. So I think, you know, guys that had years last year with their book on now, I think 83 this year. And I think it's almost going to be like Tim 2013, 14 made the run, had a dip. And then, and then you saw 16, 17, 18, 19. That's when it took off. So 83 this year. And I think next year, I wouldn't be surprised if they were back in the 90s. Well, I'm going to stick with my 92. It worked last year. I'm going to stick back. Well, hey, if this team wins 92 games this year, Tim, they're probably winning the American League Central by five or six games. Well, they're going to have a chance. They're going to have a chance. This Here's the thing. Here's what I'm hoping. And this is just, you know, obviously, as we sit here on March 28th, 2023, last year's team was built basically pitching first defense and and then just good scratch and claw yeah hitting mm-hmm. okay and when it hit it scored runs when they didn't hit it did not yeah. this lineup is not remarkably better it is but it's better. stronger yes. it is it is longer you add bell to that lineup if bell can be healthy and produce he doesn't have to be a superstar. Bell not only helps Jose, but he helps Naylor, too. Well, yeah. It's the whole lineup. That's the key. What it, Staying healthy is going to be, obviously, the number one key for this team. To. It always is, no matter what team you are. Staying healthy. But that's the key it. for every team. And I say 83, and you play the Yankees twice in May. Remember, the Yankees are down three-fifths of starting rotation until, like, yeah. July right now, or August. Right now. So... Right now, other than because they're the Yankees, which I'm picking I don't think Toronto to win would, that division. I don't think anybody would pick them more than 85 wins. Right, I'm now. picking Toronto to win that division. Toronto and then yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean Tampa Bay's pitching staff fully healthy when Glassnow gets back, which by the way is on my bench in fantasy base right now. But I don't need him, so I stashed him. Um, you can never discredit Tampa. That team's good year yeah. in and year out. And the Blue Jays got better this year. So would it shock you if the Yankees, you look up and they're fledgling around, like you said, 83-85? No. No, I won't be shocked at all. Because Baltimore's going to be they're, better, they're, too. They're a team that has potential to win more than the 85. Yeah. But right now, I think 85 is a good benchmark for them. And I'm not saying that won't be enough. Aaron Judge is not hitting 62 home runs this year. Well, we'll see. I mean, he has the potential to do that every he, year. He does. He does. Uh, will baseball react to him differently? Will he yeah. react differently? That they won't have a a shift on him. You know, I, not that he didn't hit it over the shift anyway, but so but it doesn't still. matter. I mean, but he's going to hit what, it ten thousand miles. It's just going to hit it ten thousand miles. Nothing you can do about it. And it's going to happen because it's it's a copycat league. Well, uh, yeah, but everything's a copycat league. Everything. But don't think way. for a second that. Teams are going to be watching what the Guardians and the and the Astros did to him last year in the playoffs. Well, again, it's a full season. Regular season and playoffs are kind of different, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, okay, eighty three. I'll say eighty three. But I'll like give you, you last I'll give you a plus four. Year, yeah, I think they I'll can absolutely do eighty seven. I think I think plus eighty three plus yeah. four. 
and I, it'll give me 92 minus yeah, four. Yeah. How's that? That's a four-game swing. I think there's absolutely a chance. I mean, obviously, know, if they win 96, we're in glorious time. Miles I'll Straw. I'll give myself that, that As much games. crap as I gave Miles Straw last year, I don't see a way he hits 195 this year. I don't. I, I think not. he's going to be better. I hope not. But I tell you what, if he does, then Will, Will Brennan's going to take over. And he's going to mash. Oh, yeah. He is going to mash. There's options. Yeah. There's options in the minors. There's options going forward. Uh, don't be surprised if they make a trade in the next 24, 48 hours. Who that is, what move they make, I do not know. I just know that this baseball season, don't be anytime shocked. you're at this stage of the game, sometimes something comes up that you just can't see. I don't no want to. it to happen because I really like him. But don't be shocked if Almond Rosario is gone by August. I don't want it to happen. I don't. I really like him. Well, again, I want him extended. Again, I think circumstances have to develop for certain things to but happen. I, I think if Arias comes back healthy and proves that he can be a above average defender, then I think I think ultimately they want to give Arias a shortstop job. Well, I don't want it to happen because I love Rosario and what he brings to this team, but. I think the best man will win. I think in the end, that's what we've seen. So we'll see. It's too early to say that. I understand what you're saying. It could happen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, want it I'll to happen, just, but I think it could happen. It, it's possible. I will put it that way. It's possible. On March 28th, I we'll just wait and see what happens. I mean, if that trade happens, then it'll probably be I hate to say it. It'll be probably be it. in July because they're, 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 they're 15 games out of it. Exactly. And then Shane Bieber will be next, too. Well, that's yep. if that's the case, yep. that's what will mm-hmm. happen. But if they're in it, then it's going to be a lot mm-hmm. more. Uh, it would have to be the right deal, the right oh, time yeah. for the right player, yeah, the right be, scenario. They have to be and I just away. don't know if that all those needs will be met. I don't want to happen because I'm in the Ahmed Rosario fan club, but uh, it wouldn't shock me. I can live with that. All right, Anthony. 83 to 87. Yes, sir. We're down to what? Two Two and a half days. days. Yeah. Thank God. Call it two days. Time this is posted. All right. Baseball's back. For Anthony, I'm Tim. Remember, tell your family, friends, and enemies. We're back. It's Radio MVP. See you soon.